0: I mean, we're at this very interesting phase where we're about to activate a big, beautiful building for the community, and it's the thought is, what do we do next? It's growth.
1: <laughs> Today's guest is Becky Bell-Ballard, the CEO of Rosie's House, now located in downtown Phoenix. It's an amazing music academy for children, giving free music lessons to underserved youth. I'm Melissa Green. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Heart of the Arts. Thanks so much for joining me on Heart of the Arts today. So again, you are at the Heart of the Arts as CEO of Rosie's House, which was started over 25 years ago. And the goal was to give children who could not afford it a chance to take music lessons. And now you're serving something like 500 students with free lessons. So again, congratulations. I have questions about the growth, the new location, um, but for our listeners, I want them to know it seems like you have a very demanding position with lots of shoes to fill. So can you start by telling us your professional trajectory that got you here?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have had a, a journey in arts administration and in the arts that has taken me to, to this point in time, uh, which is the serving as the chief executive officer of Rosie's House. Um, it all started gosh well i think i would say it all started in fourth grade when i started playing the french horn um and had a great passion for uh, pursuing music education and uh actually did indeed come out to arizona from the midwest from outside of chicago to study the french horn of all things at arizona state university um and my intention when when coming out to arizona and studying uh, the french horn was to become a band director um and i went through that coursework at asu it was a great experience a great program and then right towards the end of my degree program i realized hmm, I think I want to look at this from a different angle. I think I want to impact lives, have the ability to bring music into the lives of others, um, serve the community, maybe not as a band director, but maybe in arts administration. And so at that point, I was lucky to achieve an internship over the summer uh, with the Lake Forest Symphony back in back in uh, Illinois. And that really opened my eyes to the possibility of arts administration. So just to tease that out a bit more, uh, went back to school, Mm kind of rounded out my music education degree with some coursework in business and in writing, and then uh, kind of just launched into arts administration. My first position that I held was with the Phoenix Symphony, managing their education and community engagement programs. And that was very, very eye-opening experience, um, just in terms of what the need is in the community and uh, what the possibilities are for arts organizations to to fulfill that need. And so um, from that position at the Phoenix Symphony, I've actually went straight to Rosie's House from there. And I've been with Rosie's House for the past 13 years, going into my 14th season in August. And oh, the, the journey with Rosie's House has been one that has really been around growth, both myself personally growing professionally and the organization growing uh, its impact and mission.
1: Well, that's a cool journey to where you are now. You said that you were working with the Phoenix Symphony. It was really eye-opening. Was that in terms of how the symphony could help different age groups you were serving? Was it public school specifically or just the Public overall?
0: In that role, it was all around. I managed uh, programs that served 80,000 youth and adults. Um, And it was so I really, from that vantage point, saw what worked well in the community, what the needs were, um, what challenges schools were facing, what challenges adults were facing just in terms of having access to music, um, and what opportunities there are with music to. Do things that perhaps seem unconventional, such as helping with healing and helping with sense of identity and sense of place and sense of purpose. Um, and so that role was eye-opening for a variety of reasons. I think just the scale and scope about what the potential of you know nonprofits have, what potential they have to serve the community. And also, and this is really really critical. I realized how much disparity there was in the community in terms of access. Um, And so when I was with the symphony, I managed two programs that were after school in communities that had uh, very limited resources. One was with um, the NFL Yet Academy in South Phoenix, and the other was uh, within the Salt River, Pima, Maricopa Indian community. And in both of those after school programs, I saw firsthand the power of music education access and resource access uh what the power of that could do within the life of a young person that being so eye-opening to me when the opportunity at rosie's house presented itself i said wow that's doing that service in a much larger way and that would be my main focus and i decided to really to really make that my focus of my career uh, the direct impact, the direct service, the direct uh, experience that the that children can have in music education in the after school space.
1: Yeah, it sounds so fun and rewarding at the same time. Um, so, what are some of the duties or um, tasks that transferred from the previous position with the Phoenix Symphony to? All of these day-to-day tasks that you're confronted with now.
0: Oh, there's so much on the to-do list. <laughs> um, it's and it's a blend of so many different activities and uh, different needs. Uh, so, what keeps me busy? So, in my role at Rosie's House, of course, I am constantly. Um, raising funds to support our mission as our mission is 100% free and we're providing the opportunity at no cost to the families who we serve and work with. Um, of course the you know the organization raises the funds needed to fulfill that mission. and so that is often uh, the primary focus of my day is around raising those resources and the uh, partnerships that also help in that regard. Then of course, there's the the programmatic piece, which is working with our team of teachers and our program staff to look at curriculum and to look at opportunities within what we're offering in service to the community, and whether there's other opportunities that we should be exploring or offering. Um, So there's the programmatic piece. Um, In addition, of course, there's the team of people, uh, which is a lovely opportunity to to work with others and to lead others as they are um, developing their own personal goals and fulfilling their roles at Rosie's house. So we have a team of eight full-time staff members and 23 part-time music educators. Um, So just over 30 people um, that help us uh, realize our mission. And so working with the team and managing the team and creating team culture is also a big part of my role.
1: Yeah. And so the speaking of a team, um, you provide the students with instruction from professionally trained Mm -hmm. musicians. Mm -hmm. And these are people who have their degrees in music and people they can see outperforming in the community. Is there one or two um, examples or educators that you could talk about um, for, you know, audience members or people interested that might not know what what All Rosie's House has to offer?
0: Oh, absolutely. We have... An amazing team of educators and the majority have a master's degree or higher on the instrument that they are teaching at Rosie's house. Wow. Um, So we really do, yeah, we really do believe that quality is important in our work and have seen the biggest impact when we have educators that are delivering a high quality program. So I'll talk just um, to give examples of, of some of our team members, uh, I'll talk maybe about two, and then I encourage everyone to go on our website and check out the bios, the biographies of our, of our team members, but a couple that come to mind um, just to compare and contrast uh, where folks are coming from. So we have a wonderful educator, Nathan Johnson, um, who is well-known in the Valley as a band educator. Um, we, <laughs> we realized this, that we actually were in marching band together at ASU a long time, oh, together, time ago um, <laughs> while he was getting his music education degree. So that was a fun moment. Um, but he works with our band. And he also teaches in uh, public school as well. So during the day, he's teaching in public school. And then on Wednesday night, he comes to Rosie's house and uh, teaches our band program and percussion ensemble. Um, he has his master's degree from ASU, and he is working towards a doctorate wow. in music education. Uh, we're just fan- like so fantastically happy that we have him on our team Um, And then if I wanna talk about maybe someone that has a little bit of a different background, I can talk about Michael Flores, who uh, is an instructor within our mariachi program. He's their director and he is well known in the mariachi community. Um, And he's been all over the world, (laughs) including Australia. Uh, Yeah, really all over the world performing as a mariachi artist. Um, and he directs our mariachi program here at Rosie's house. And during the day, he does not do music. He has a totally different day job, um, but he is an active performer in the evening and he is an active educator in our program uh, on Thursday and Saturday. And he's, he's teaching our mariachi program. So yeah, I guess those two stories of those two educators kind of give you um, a perspective on the teachers that we have on our team. You said it's kind of about, I know your most
1: recent campaign was called More Than Music. And so you said it's about developing, I can't remember the words you used, but you know, character and identity. And it's kind of nice probably for students to get an education from someone who's a professional, but doing it maybe more as a hobby and has another career they're interested, that's a part of their daily life. Um, Because I feel like that's maybe part of what Rosie's House is, a safe space to come find yourself a little bit through the music.
0: That's such a good point, Melissa. It really is a safe space. And the identity creation and the the social skills that are developed through music, as well as the academic impacts and um, character development, it's, it's really what we're about. It's about more than music. It's about more than the notes on the page. It's uh, it's about what happens in the process of learning. Um, what happens when you give a child an opportunity to explore and be creative and to work through something. And, and, and in that process, there's so much learning that happens. One thing that's important to note is that our students perform. So we have 500 students in our program and every every semester, so twice a year, we do a series of recitals. And even in that, you think about what's gained and what's learned uh, with the opportunity to perform for a student to go on stage, to, to present for an audience, to be prepared in that moment. And the confidence that's developed in that moment is really, really a big part of our program um, and something that they look back on and reflect on and talk about all the life skill development that happens through that performance piece. And, you know, to just think, I did it. I was on stage and I performed. I did it. So now what else can I do? What else am I capable of? It's really a confidence building experience.
1: It is. Whether you're playing an instrument or having to sing, small ensemble work, I think that's all really good for confidence. Absolutely. So with um, the most recent campaign, you've raised $5.5 5 million to take Rosie's house to a new space. And so could you tell us a little bit about that and if this is its first like official permanent home?
0: Yeah, so we're actually, we're in the process of finishing the campaign. We're actually at just over $6 million of our $6.5 million goal now. It has been a couple months since we last spoke. <laughs> yeah, um, well, that's great. Yeah, good news, right? Um, and this opportunity that we have in front of us is for us to have a permanent facility in downtown Phoenix, a 15,000 square foot building that we are making our space and place and um, home for Rosie's house. We have had our, our only other permanent home that Rosie's house has had was the original, what we call little house. And that was the house that Rosie herself purchased and renovated alongside her husband, Woody, and community members, and made it a safe place for neighborhood children to come after school. So that first home, Rosie's House, is, is where we were founded in 1996, and once we outgrew that home, we've been in community in partnership with other, with other nonprofits sharing space and of course, in that in that sharing space arrangement, we were able to grow and able to um, develop our programs and our impact and outreach. We grew to a level where we really needed <laughs> our own space, not just to um, deliver on, on the services that we had been providing, but also because there's so much need in the community. And so really in in this campaign, by purchasing a 15,000-square-foot building and renovating it for music, we're able to serve more youth and provide more services to the community. And that's really what the motivation was to embark on the journey of the campaign and to make this building our permanent home and what did rosie do with the first location just out of curiosity you know at some point in our history it was uh it was sold oh okay um yeah and so we don't currently have that original home in our and at, at our disposal <laughs> for a lack of better word yeah but at- I mean, it was like
1: two, uh, two bedroom like house and it was had like, you know, the first was like serving four students in the very beginnings.
0: Yeah, exactly. It was a, it was just a small two bedroom house, um, in the neighborhood right near Capitol elementary in, uh, the Oakland neighborhood of Phoenix. And, uh, really it was a great service to that community in that neighborhood. Um, but we did outgrow it.
1: Yeah which is great news. And so with the new space, the 15,000 square foot um new building, all of these really um state of the art practice rooms, rehearsal rooms, and you also I wanted to clarify like the after school snack program is that something that came along with this new building and how long has that been going on?
0: We had started exploring um the snack program in our previous location and it was really it came from um, a teacher one of our piano teachers had students coming to our class we after school so the kids are coming directly from school and they were showing up hungry uh for for our lessons and they couldn't focus they couldn't be at their best and so this teacher this piano teacher would would bring pretzels um for the classes and the students would have pretzels and they would do better and um she told us this story and i i realized oh this is this is probably a need for many of our families and across you know across the entire program so we did some survey work and we realized indeed two things food scarcity is is a challenge with the population that we're serving and also coming directly from school it's just challenging to get that snack in so um what we did is we partnered with BHHS legacy foundation an amazing uh, foundation here in phoenix that does work Uh, locally in Maricopa County and then um, also throughout the state. And they've been our partner in the food program that we offer in tandem to our music program. So any child that comes in the doors that is under 18 can have a free meal Um, from Rosie's House in partnership with BHHS Legacy Foundation, as well as St. Mary's Kids Cafe program. Um, It's really grown. We've served 3,500 meals this past year, and we anticipate we'll probably grow up to 5,000 meals next year. And And it's something that we can do in our new building in a way that is much more expansive, um, because we have a cafe set up for the program. Uh, so it's really, it's, it's something that is a resource for all of our families and it's really a highlight of our program now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I haven't been in the like elementary middle schools teaching since being working in radio, but you know, they don't always have the time, um, their school days are so jam-packed now with more learning and more tests and one thing I witnessed is they don't get a whole lot of time for recess and lunch and just like hanging out and relaxing and that kind of gives off that um it gives off that vibe with uh, the new building that just you know they can come in and have a snack and relax and, and then go do their lesson. Right. Which is, you know, those small things mean a lot.
0: It does. When you're a young person and you're growing and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I remember, you know, I have four brothers. I'm, I i do not know how my mom <laughs> kept up with us, uh, all the, all the groceries that we needed for our family. And, um, and so it is a great service and we've heard so much positive, uh, feedback from, from parents, from moms, from dads, from caregivers, about how it just it makes it work. They can they know they can rely on this meal at Rosie's house. It's a it's a, a blessing to have the meal, and it just helps so much in that after school time to make to make the the lessons work for their kids.
1: And then so. Once the once the lessons start, you offer everything from piano, guitar, mariachi band, and um, that access to software like Pro Tools so they can learn to compose or record. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. So we have this wonderful new space in our new building. It's our Digital Creativity Center, and it's all about technology, uh, digital music, composing, recording music, live sound amplification. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's a really cool space. The intention um, based on feedback we got from our families and students was to have digital music so that students in that middle school and high school age would continue to be challenged by our programming and would find uh, a lot of joy and excitement around the opportunity to create their own music. So that's really what's happening in in those classes and in that space is learning how to compose, learning how to write music, learning how to produce music. It's such a creative space, and it's just a wonderful opportunity for creative expression for the young people that we work with.
1: Mm, Yeah. And giving them that variety, like even after I graduated, college, there became like a new degree, like some type of music entrepreneurship. Mm, So mm -hmm. if they're learning how to record, um, whether it be themselves or a small ensemble, that's kind of expanding their minds of like, what else could I do with my music skills?
0: Absolutely. It's a career path. There's many career paths that come through um, the digital creativity space. Um, even the students learn how to code in the classes. So that oh, the application cool. there is well beyond the scope of just music, uh, tech career. Um, and, and so it really does open up a lot of different doors, this new programming from Rosie's house.
1: And which uh, pro or excuse me, which department do you find really popular among students or parents wanting to get their students into, whether that be the digital stuff or uh, group guitar lessons.
0: It has has really been interesting to watch over the last decade (laughs) what has become popular and what's changed. What we've found is um, consistently piano. Piano Mm. is always, always, always um, one of the most sought after instruments to learn at Rosie's house. Um, in addition to that, what we've really noted, and this is, uh, is unfortunate, um, is that we are serving many more students that do not have music programs in their school. And so mm-hmm. we are taking on a lot more beginning level students. And so we've created different opportunities at different ages where students can enter our program at that beginning level, whether it be in piano, whether it be in violin, whether it be in band, whether it be in mariachi. Um, you know, the, the kind of classic uh, mode of music education is everything starts around third or fourth grade, uh, for instruments and maybe piano, piano and choir might be before that. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're really finding we're starting even beginning students in those older grades in fourth through seventh grade. And it's been a, it's been an interesting change in our program delivery. Um, but it's one that we're, we're, um, we're honored to, to do and one that we're honored to serve that need of students that don't have any music program and realizing in eighth grade, hey, you know, I really want to take piano. They can come to Rosie's house and we can have them start as a beginning student.
1: Oh, cool. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it can be intimidating when you're, you know, maybe a little bit older, but it's never it's never too late at that age. It's, it's totally acceptable
0: it's never too late. Mm -hmm. You just have to, you know, have the courage to, to, to make it happen.
1: Yeah. So besides, um, with your recent campaign and raising all of this money for these kids, what, what's one of the most inspiring things you've witnessed through Rosie's house? And, um, well, I'll just ask that question.
0: There are so many inspiring (laughs) moments. Oh my goodness. That's such a challenging question, but, um, oh, our alumni—they are amazing, amazing leaders, amazing young adults. Uh, I keep in contact with many of them through social media and through, of course, Rosie's House events and opportunities. Um, so I am very inspired by one of our alumni students, Ivan, who graduated in. Let me go back in the recess of my memory. It was early 2010s. Um, And he went on to serve in the Navy um, for quite a few years and then came back and was able to get uh, a degree from ASU in software development. And he has had a beautiful tech career. Um, He's currently back in Arizona working in the tech industry and has reengaged with Rosie's house. His younger brother is still in the program. Um, and I still see him and his mom at at recitals. Um, but he really credits his trajectory as a young person and the confidence that he was able to build um, and the uh, ability to manage his time and to be able to work under pressure and on a deadline. He credits all of those life skills to Rosie's house. Um, he was a saxophone student. And it's just amazing to see where he has gone with his, with his life and his journey and i'm just thrilled that he's back in our community as well. Oh, i love that. Um
1: and then my second to last question, what what else do you envision happening over the next few years whether it be new programs or just overall
0: growth? Yeah, i mean, we're at this very interesting phase where we're about to activate of you know, Big beautiful building for the community, and it's the thought is, what do we do next? Mm-hmm. It's growth. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's growing programs. So we're at 500 students currently. Um, we're looking to grow to 650 in the next couple of years, and then wow. um, where we go from there, it's it's really going to depend on the, the community and what the needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're really, yeah, we're it, we're just laser focused on serving more families and students through this building and also how we can partner more extensively with other community organizations and nonprofits and those that work in the youth development space. So other after-school programs or daytime programs that are working with youth um, and building up young people as they as they go through their journey of of finding um, their career path, their college path um, and what they want to do in their future so really working with other youth development providers in that space Um, one exciting program that that we're working on a pilot for and hoping to expand here in the short term is our music explorations class okay what is that and so this yeah it's yeah what is music (laughs) explorations well it's for our youngest learners so it's for our littlest Mm, students (laughs) so right now it's um at uh our, our our Kindergarten grade, so K, K yeah. and K- first graders. Kinder music, some people call yeah. it, and they get to just mm-hmm.
1: hands-on and circle games, which, you know, like you said, you're filling the gaps where they're not getting it at, you know, school or, or daycare or what have you.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And we're hoping to bring it down to even younger ages as we work in partnership with some other early childhood specialists. Um, but really, the the play and the power of play for that age is is so important to get the students and the young um, the young uh, young students on the path for being ready for kindergarten. That's a huge push um, for our state is kindergarten readiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, how how music education and how our music explorations class can help. Um, those young learners get ready for kindergarten. So we're really excited about that program, as well as a percussion ensemble, which is for older Ooh, students, yeah. um, and looking at some more multicultural representation that can be achieved and be reflected in that, in that programming as well.
1: Well, that's so inspiring. And I just wish that every community and city had something like this because it does really change lives. Um, My final question is what's the best way for someone to reach out to Rosie's house or research if they're just hearing about this and
0: wanting more information? The best spot for anyone interested in learning more about Rosie's house is to go on our website rosieshouse.org And on the website, there's information about how to contact us, how to contact our staff members, how to um, uh, understand the programs, how enrollment works. All of those questions are answered on our website. And uh, it really is the best place to find information about Rosie's House, as well as how to get in touch with us directly.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you for all of that information and for helping KBOK spread the word about this great program because I've witnessed uh, the work that you've been doing and heard some of the students and um, it's
0: exciting. I hope to just keep hearing more and more great things. Oh, thank you, Melissa, for having us. Um, it's wonderful to hear the enthusiasm from you, and and I'm sure the KBOC audience will be enthusiastic about more music happening in our community and making sure that all students have access to music education.
1: That's Becky Bell Ballard, CEO of Rosie's House, a nonprofit organization giving the opportunity for all students to have access to music lessons. If you're interested in lessons or learning more about Rosie's House, log on to rosieshouse.org. For KBOX Heart of the Arts, I'm Melissa Green.